Welcome to Inside the 18. Uh, today's episode is a sit-down from the United Soccer Coaches Convention with former U.S. men's national team and former U.S. women's national team goalkeeper coach Phil Wedden. Phil discusses how he started the International Goalkeeper Coaches Conference, what the U.S. needs to do in order to create a successful goalkeeping curriculum across the entire United States, and he gives his best advice to young goalkeepers and goalkeeper coaches. For me, this is by far one of my favorite episodes from the convention, and I'm super excited for you guys to hear it. Uh, make sure to follow Inside the 18 on both Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And last but not least, don't forget to leave us a rating and a comment to let us know how we're doing. Once again, here's Phil Wedden. Welcome to Inside the 18, live at United Soccer Coaches Convention. Why did it say soccer? Like I'm Bostonian sometimes, all of a sudden. My dad is from Boston, but uh, that sounded really interesting the way I did that. Soccer convention, uh, United Soccer Coaches Convention, uh, the afternoon sessions after the NWSL draft. We've been having a fantastic time here. I'm Michael Majid. With me, obviously, Omar Zini, with his microphone as far away from him as possible. Oh, and we're using the exact same microphone? That's good. Uh, we have a special guest with us today uh, because that's what we do at a live coaches convention is find better coaches than ourselves to get on the podcast. So with us today is Phil Wedden. Uh, he's the head of the International Goalkeeper Coaches Conference. I always, I can never get that right. IGCC, uh, obviously fantastic resume. Uh, as a goalkeeper coach, obviously U.S. Uh, women's national team programs. It's worked with MLS, has worked at all the highest levels. Uh, Phil, thanks for being on Inside the 18. Uh, thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to having a brief chat here. Hopefully uh, I can come up with a few jokes as well just to keep things going. You know, honestly, I was just telling, I was telling everybody that I'm like, you know, this is just going to be like us last night, basically. Uh, for those of you guys unfamiliar, which is everybody here has no idea what I'm talking about. After Phil's incredible session last night, we all went to Katie O'Shea's bar, and we all hung out in the goalkeeper's union style, round-robin style, uh, until people could no longer drink. And, uh, and then that's when, we, that's when we left. And it was a fantastic time. And I said, you know what? This is just basically what you're going to do tomorrow, only with a microphone. He's like, yeah, I'm in for that. That sounds... Yeah, and you're, you're drinking water today. And, I'm, uh, you know, honestly, last night, weren't you wearing a Boston hat? So I, that... You're right. Yeah, you're right. So, so that totally yeah, works. Okay, that totally works. Um, so far, been having fun so far. Obviously, you've been to a lot of conventions. What, how many conventions have you been to now? Uh, I think 10 or 12. 10 or 12 of these uh, over the course of time. I've missed a couple here and there, but, you know, uh, it's, it's always great to come to these events because you see people that you haven't seen in so many years. You reconnect with people. Um, it's a place where a lot of coaches find opportunity as well. Uh, it's also a great way to share information and knowledge. Uh, you, you, you come in. Uh, with one, one set of uh, ideals and beliefs, and oftentimes you leave with a, a better set or a, a revamped set of ideas. So it's a, it's a great situation to come to this. And the way I know that you've had experience doing this is that after last night's session, you had lost your voice, and by today, completely back. Completely back, which means you've, you're a veteran of this. Yeah, unfortunately, sometimes when, you, when you're not on the field with a microphone for, uh, for a while, you lose your voice. So, uh, yeah, it happened to me last night, uh, and some people would say that would be actually a blessing. But, you know, uh, yeah, the session I thought went really well, and it was great to have so many of the goalkeeper union there to support me. Um, but one thing I definitely really appreciated after the session yesterday, you asked all the coaches to kind of give you some recommendations on what they saw. And, you know, it's just you as someone at your level and you've done it for so long it's like crazy to believe that you'd still ask other coaches for advice and like you said earlier you come to the convention with some certain set of ideals and then you leave with like not refined but like you know even more advanced because the coaching's the coaches around here you, you pick their brain and stuff like that so 
I thought that was really cool to see. Even my, you know, as a young coach now, I see somebody at your at your stature, your level, and you doing that. It rubs off really well on me. So thank you for that. No, I appreciate that. But the thing for me is, we're always learning. The game is always evolving, so we have to evolve as coaches. And you know, in the conversations that you have with other goalkeeper coaches, there isn't one right way or one wrong way to do it. It's it, you know. Uh, you may see something from the session last night and say, oh, I'll move the goals this way, or I would serve it here, or I would use a rebounder, or you know, you'd come up with different ideas, and that's why I ask for feedback, because if someone has something that they, they feel is, is valuable, I want to know, because I want to get better, and that's what, that's what coaching is about. It's about sharing ideas and adapting uh, what you see to, to fit the level of the athletes you're working with. Phil, I'm glad that you brought up rebounder because we have a giant rebounder in the back here, and we need to give it to somebody, that pro deflect over there. We've got these catalogs here, and they're like, yeah, you know, why don't you try to sell that thing? I'm like, I don't even think somebody could get this out of the building. He's like, you should set it up. Set it up somewhere in the front. I'm like, no one would literally be able to see us. We would be behind the pro deflect like this, and then people would be like trying to strike balls at us. It would not go well. Um, no, everything resonated with me with what you said last night because... Nothing tells me that somebody is a high-level coach than when they get off the field saying, what can I do to improve this session? As opposed to, what did you think of my session, huh? And that, that's, that's professionalism, in my opinion, you know? Uh, again, like, like I said, the, the, the goalkeeping side of things is so in-depth, and everyone has their own way of doing things. And like I said, I don't think there's a right or a wrong way. At the end of the day, if the ball's not in the back of the net, we've, the goalkeepers have done their job. Um, if we've had some small part to play in that, that then great. But I want to get better. You know, the, I don't think there's a limit to what you can learn and how you can change things. Uh, if you look at all the information that's coming out of Europe right now on the blocking and the spreading and all those things, um, you know, I, I think we've all got to learn. We've all got to keep adapting, and that's what I look forward to doing. Yeah, you know, speaking of education and, and getting better, you obviously run the IGCC. Before that, you'd been involved in various, you know, educational programs. I believe you had been an instructor uh, for the U.S. National uh, Goalkeeping License for U.S. Soccer. Can you tell us how IGCC began? And that is a total tongue twister. For those of you guys who have not heard the edit, uh, it took me about three times to say that. It's, it's difficult, but it's impressive. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about it. Yeah, so uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to be involved with uh, U.S. soccer, uh, bo both on the, the men's side and the women's side for a long time. I was also uh, lucky enough to work with a gentleman by the name of Peter Meller, who uh, uh, you know is a is a goalkeeping legend uh, in in the U.S. and actually in England. He played in England. Uh, I would say that he was my mentor, and he he invited me in 2006, which dates me a little bit, uh, to to become part of uh, the coaching education platform. Uh, with U.S. goalkeeping. So there was a U.S. goalkeeper, uh, national goalkeeper license that ran from 2006 to 2015. January 15, I think, was the last one, and then nothing happened. Um, so I, I started to think, well, how can I develop? Where can I go to see other coaches work and learn from other people? So I actually went to a conference myself in, in Holland. Uh, it was called the Bilderberg International Goalkeeper Coaches Conference. It was run by a gentleman by the name of Martin Arts. Um, and I had conversations with Martin and I thought, well, how cool would it be to actually do this in the U.S.? Because there, there, there wasn't an opportunity to learn from other, uh, other coaches. So I approached my sponsors. I approached Quick Goal, who have been fantastic uh, in, in their support of me. And I approached Yule Sport, who also support me. And we put together the uh, IGCC. Uh, 2016 was the first time. And, 
you know, it's been uh, growing ever since. So it's, it's really an opportunity for coaches around the country and internationally. I mean, we have people come from Dubai, come from the Maldives, coming from wherever. Um, it's an opportunity for coaches to learn from other professional coaches. Um, so it's, it's really a once, uh, it's the only opportunity like that in America at the moment. And, and it allows people to, to go to Florida. Yeah, you know, Flo Florida is also, you know, there, there aren't many drawbacks to Florida. So, uh, yeah, you can pop down there, uh, come to the IGCC, and then pop off to see Minnie and Mickey and, and Donald and Pluto, you know? I, uh, I'm glad that you said the reason they did not discontinue the U.S. goalkeeping license is because after I took it, it wasn't like U.S. soccer, like Tim Mulqueen came back to them and went, listen, we can't keep letting people like that into this thing. <laughs> We have to make it more of a pro license. Uh, no, I like what you guys do because the educational purpose of it and also the international flavor to it. You know, it's not just the same people over and over again with the same voice. You're getting different voices from all over the world. So is that what makes IGC unique in the Americas? Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, uh, the, the thing that's, uh, again, just going back to my philosophy a little bit, I don't think there's a right and a wrong way. And that's why having these people from different parts of the world to present and share their information and share their experience and their knowledge is, is critical because you can take something from, say, uh, Mikael Reckner, who works at Hoffenheim. You can take something from him in Germany. You can take something from Andrew Sparks, who is in, uh, works for the Orlando Pirates in South Africa. And then you can take something from John Achterberg from Liverpool or from where, wherever. So, and then you put it together and form your own style. So uh, that's what's so valuable about it. You know, the first time I met Andrew Sparks, he was 21 years old, and I hated him. Because I was like, how is this guy so good, so young? He was like a prodigy. And his hair is always perfect. Always perfect. Yeah, He's yeah. a good-looking dude. <laughs> it was just everything about him was just like, why? And he was a smaller keeper, and he was better than me. It's just, I don't like, no, I, I love Andrew Sparks. I actually follow him religiously online. And I wish Sparksy was here, you know, at convention. I know he w wishes he was here as well, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, so now I think Omar has a few things that he wants to talk to you about because I've been hogging the microphone completely. <laughs> He's actually like, no, you can keep going. Um, you know, let, let's talk about some of the variables in regards to developing a curriculum because we talked about this a little bit last night uh, during our goalkeeper seance, I'd like to call it. And we were talking about, you were saying you would love to see U.S. soccer put together an actual curriculum that people actually follow. And so, so talk a little bit about your methodology and, and why you think this is so important for us as a country. Well, again, I think there has to be a profile. There has to be something that uh, we as goalkeeper coaches, whether we agree with it or disagree with it, we as goalkeeper coaches look at it and say, okay, th this is a model that, that uh, our national program is looking for. So what is the profile of a full international goalkeeper? What is the profile of a U20 goalkeeper? How do we develop that profile? So goalkeeper coaches like ourselves could then say, okay, I need to work on this, this, and this to help Sarah or help Jeff get to the level they need to be at. Um, so developing that type of curriculum, that, that philosophy, that profile, I think is essential just as a starting point. And it takes a, a tremendous amount of bravery to do that. Uh, because obviously uh, after the session last night I got battered um, partly because of my left foot but uh, you know you get battered after every session you do because in, in the world of goalkeeping everyone can always do your job better so it, takes, it would take a tremendous amount of courage to do it but I think it's necessary to do it so that we can all develop see now you haven't seen my weak foot trust me you did not get battered if you saw my weak foot uh, you'd be like Omar, that's good. Omar told me all about ah, it Ah, so let's talk about this though like we want to incorporate one curriculum into this country. 
this is a vast country. Unlike, you know, Western Europe or, or, or some of the, you know, smaller countries where they have, a, like, let's take the Netherlands, for example. Very easy to put a curriculum together when you've got a small country. United States is vast, and obviously people come from all different walks of life, and they're very opinionated in their point of view on how something should be done. So is it impractical for us to believe that this can be done here? It's not impractical, but I don't think it's a job for one person. Uh, and I think that's essential. Uh, it can't be one person's philosophy. It has to be uh, a collaboration. Uh, and there are so many great goalkeeping minds in this country uh, that, that should be utilized uh, and, and are underutilized. So if we could collaborate with ex-players, you know, ex-national team players, some of the goalkeeping uh, legends that are out there, you know, the Dan Gaspars and people like that that have the experience of working internationally and, and come up with a profile and then it needs to be implemented, but not just by one person, by a, by a collective group of people. I mean, uh, quite honestly, uh, and, and, you know, I've, I'm a huge fan of U.S. soccer. You know, uh, the, the national team program has been exceptionally good to me, and I'm a f massive, massive supporter. But we don't have anyone in charge of goalkeeping education. Uh, when I was in England recently, uh, they, have five, they had five full-time goalkeeper coaches just, just on the men's side, but they also had, the, they also had responsibilities within coaching education. So um, here, here we are competing with a country that's the size of, say, Pennsylvania or something like that, and they have five people just on, on the men's side, and they also have similar numbers on the women's side of the game. Wow. So now you're talking about you know, between five and 10, maybe even 15, and they have goalkeeping scouts, by the way. They have all these numbers of people all identifying goalkeepers, all working on goalkeeper curriculum, all following the same message so that their goalkeeper coaches throughout the country can then impart the same message and, and, and philosophy. So it can be done, but it's not a job for one person. And I, re I really feel like we as goalkeeper coaches need direction in the country. I think a lot of what you're saying right there just showcases the difference in attitude. And then, you know, I'm joking and saying that, like, you know, the Goalkeeper of the Year Award, FIFA Goalkeeper of the Year Award is, is coming home, you know, both on the men and women's side, but it really sounds like they're really investing their time into it. So, you know, you see the Jordan Pickfords, you see the Angus Guns coming out of the national team program, in, you know, in England, and that's not just by coincidence. Not at all, you know, and, and being fortunate enough to be involved in, in, a, in a recent camp in England, they are, they are pushing this development at every age group and every coach is on board and it's fantastic. You know, it's, it's a method uh, that, again, would, would be great for us to instill in this country at, what, at whatever level it could be. Maybe it needs to be at individual MLS clubs and NWSL clubs and filter that down. Maybe it needs to be uh, the national team level, but it certainly can be done and, uh, and you're seeing the results of their educational system with the, the success that the English youth national teams have had. So let's talk about that a little bit. And Omar, at some point you're going to interject because otherwise I will not let you talk. You did not get your wow on camera, by the way, because you turned your head, you went wow, like that. Nobody could see that uh, other than on the YouTube thing here. But if you're listening to the podcast, uh, but let's, let's, I'm going to give you a second, okay. but I want to get to this right now because it's very important. We were talking about the physical attributes last night. Yes, we were. And we were, we were there with, a, with a, a goalkeeper, very accomplished, John Bush, yeah. um, who was a different uh, physical attributes than, let's say, um, uh, Brad Guzon. Right. Okay? Yeah. Uh, obviously, both came through the U.S. soccer system, both very accomplished, well-respected goalkeepers. Jordan Pickford, Angus Gunn. 
two completely different types of physical attributes too. Uh, what is the FA doing to incorporate their curriculum, but yet still take into consideration different physical attributes of a goalkeeper? Well, they have a goalkeeping DNA. So they, they've identified the attributes. They, the, uh, each goalkeeper is profiled. Uh, this, this is what we're looking for. Uh, if they are, say, say for example, if they are undersized, if there is such a thing as being undersized for a national team goalkeeper, um, they have to have a, a certain exceptional quality. So if you look at Jordan Pickford, uh, you might say, yeah, well, he's a little shorter than like uh, David De Gea or something like that. But what's his exceptional quality? He, distribution is out of this world. Um, so, so that's what they're looking at, both on the men's side and women's side. So while they have this DNA and they have ideas of what they're looking for, there's also this special quality that their goalkeepers have to have. Do you have a specific uh, idea for a goalkeeper in terms of DNA? Like what's your, when you see somebody, how do you size them up? Or what is it that you enjoy seeing the most out of the distribution well, or just modern? times and all that yeah well Omar I mean your, your hair is perfect you know you, you've got this designer stubble going you know you, you've got a lot going for you I think maybe 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 you might fit this profile it's the product of the LA Galaxy Academy that's yeah, that's go. what happens there <laughs> it's all it's all about looks there no no I, I think uh, you know I Obviously, you have to, the, the physical nature of the, the position is such that, but on the men's side and the women's side, you have to fit a certain characteristic. So height, height is important. Obviously, strength is important. The technical aspects. Um, and you can break it down into the four pillars or five pillars, the technical, tactical, physical, psychological. Um, and, and then you've got the social aspect as well. As... Uh, as Michael here checks his phone, I, I didn't text you. No, 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 no. That's the social. No, I, I was just. Well, I want to make sure we're not giving, taking away too much time from you. Okay, that's why oh, I was that, checking. That's what it was. Yeah, absolutely. It was it had nothing to do with the fact that Tyler Stelter from Storelli was texting me. Uh, yeah, yeah, what about the emojis? Uh, okay, know, I. I Talk to Daryl and Taylor at Total Soccer Show because they have, an, they have an opinion about me with the emojis. Okay, all right. Because when we went on tour this summer, smiley face after everything, party favors. I, I, have, a, I have a condition. Okay. Uh, I have a question for you. Uh, how important, I know I have a lot of kids who listen and, and are watching this. I'm going to show it to them. Um, how important is it for young goalkeepers to be active in the game? You know, after, after the game, a lot of kids will, you know, take off their gloves, whatever. They don't even watch soccer anymore. They're done. They, don't, they, they show up to practice and that's it. How important is them for, to watch the EPL, La Liga, to see how these other goalkeepers like the De Gea's, Navas, all those guys, how the different styles, how to implement and incorporate their styles into their game. I feel like as a kid, I used to wake up, before we had TiVo, I used to wake up early, watch Arsenal games every single week, see Lehman, see, um, oh my God, the other guy with the Nike gloves. Anyways, I used to watch those guys in the morning and I used to say, wow, I love how he's yelling at his defense. I love how he sets up the wall and I take it to my game. So how important is that in terms of goalkeeping education do you feel for the younger, younger goalkeepers? I feel like uh, the young goalkeeper needs to watch the game. We've got to be students of the game. Uh, you can't just play a game on Saturday or Sunday and then forget about it until practice. Ideally, they could watch their own performance and get that type of feedback. That'd be ideal. But uh, watching... We've got to be careful with the watching other goalkeepers. Uh, and I, I think we do need to watch soccer. We do need to watch more and more games. Uh, but what you'll see then is you'll see these professional goalkeepers that are making, both on the men's side and women's side, making emergency type saves. So the blocking is spreading and all that. And now that's sexy and fashionable. So they'll be doing those types of saves. They'll be making those types of saves in the wrong situations. And then, you know, well, hold on a second. Ashton Harris did that or Lissonaire did that or, or David De Gea did that. Uh, and then uh, we've got to be careful. So um, I think it's critical that they watch 
and learn. Uh, if they could, if uh, goalkeeper coaches out there can provide them, provide their goalkeepers with video of themselves, perfect. That's fantastic. But watching and learning from others and learning when and how to do these techniques, I think would be fantastic. At the IGCC, do you guys? offer that as like a, uh, not a prerequisite, but you talk to the goalkeeper coaches, you say, this is something we recommend you do with your goalkeepers. Let's show you a little bit of film and then let's break it down for them. Is that, do you guys do that at all? The fantastic thing about the people that come into, the, the presenters that come to the conference, um, for example, the, the Michael Reckoner will be there this year from Hoffenheim and he will bring video of his goalkeepers in Hoffenheim and he'll talk through this, these situations and watch, this is why we did this and this is how we do this. Uh, so absolutely, we break down the video. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have Eric Steele, who's a goalkeeping legend. Uh, he's been, uh, he was there for two years. Um, and, and the stories and the video and the explanation of the, the who, the why, the when, and the how of all these goalkeepers that are well known. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's invaluable. And that's something that we absolutely do preach at the IGCC. Yeah, one thing that I, I want to bring up is we, when we're talking about developing a curriculum and, and implementing it. You know, one, one thing, and we talked about it with Jill Lloyd and obviously this morning, and we, again, we talked about the block save because it, it seems to be that one topic that really leads to this conversation because a lot of people are teaching it and they don't know how to present it to the players in a way that they understand when in a game this is useful. And we talked about the fact that everything, we need to train our goalkeeper coaches to understand how to convey information to somebody that's game-relatable. Absolutely. If it's not game-relatable, then they're just training. So you can train all you want, the blocking, but if they don't know how to use it in a game-type setting, you can't. And one thing that I love about what I've seen about the IGCC is every activity, whether it's the beginning warm-up all the way through the progression, is all game-related. And it just, it just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. And I think that's the type of curriculum we need in this country. Because I see too many trainers, not enough coaches. Yeah, and making it game-relatable is, is, is critical. The thing that I would add to that is we've got to add angles to that. So I see a lot of this blocking stuff. I see a lot of, the, you know, social media is blown up on it. As, you know, uh, if you can go on Instagram or whatever, and you can see 50,000 different people doing it. The thing that I would encourage is, and you talked about making it relatable to the game, how often does this, this blocking and spreading come straight on? And yet that's what you see on, on Instagram and everything else. There's all these people coming straight on. Well, that very rarely happens. It's usually when it touches at an angle and you're trying to almost co cover some ground or an emergency save. So making it relatable in our training from angles and having players running and having defenders and having rebounds, uh, all those types of things are critical. We talked about it last night. It's essentially the the 2018 or 2019 version of the Cobra, of coming out, spreading yourself, and, you know, back then the Cobra was obviously just going down and smothering the ball. Yeah. Now you're staying higher, but it's essentially the same angle run that you're right. making to cover that space. And you do. I see how many 12, 13-year-olds, ball comes in a 1v1, they don't stay in a compact shape and stay high and wait until the player makes a move. They spread themselves, and then the ball gets slotted underneath them or lifted right over them. You know, yeah, so, so it's all about timing. It's all about the, the right approach. It's all about the technical training as well. And again, as we talked about last night, it's the physical dimensions of the goalkeeper. You know, I, I'm tall and slow. So, you know, may, maybe I would need to stand higher and maybe make a blocking save or use my feet. You're not quite as uh, uh, vertically gifted <laughs> as I am. So m maybe maybe you would be blocking. Maybe you'd be quicker. 
or sorry, may, maybe you would be quicker um, going down and making a cobra, you know, that smothering cobra save or using more of a technical save per se. I'm gonna ask you a quick question, a little bit away from all this. Uh -oh. uh, no, no, it's just in terms of development. So with my younger kids, when I was like first getting into coaching, I would do a lot more of uh, just kind of try and do more game related stuff. And I realized that I wasn't getting the quality that I wanted just because uh, the younger kids, I don't want to bash them with goals and get their confidence low. So what I've started to do, and I wanted to, rec I wanted to ask you if it's, you would recommend this other coaches, I started doing more of like, if I do an hour session, more like 40 minutes, more of the technical side, teach them you know, basic techniques, and then the last 20 minutes we go full on, like no, no, take off the, uh, the training wheels, we go on and do more actual game-like scenarios. So now we can kind of implement those technical aspects into the, t in the tactical side. Do you feel like that's a good way to develop a younger goalkeeper, or do you feel like just throw... I throw them into more game-like scenarios, let them learn. So, uh, again, if you follow a simple, my, my simple pattern for a, a session would be simple to complex. So uh, for, for, young, for young goalkeepers, I think sometimes you have to take away the consequence of conceding a goal because that element of failure, uh, if it happens over and over and over again, you're destroying a, a child's confidence. Uh, and that's massively important, as you know, for goalkeepers because we're all fragile. Yeah. You know, so... Um, you know, for, for, a, for a training session, simple to complex. And I would add, I mean, you could, you could start out of goal so there was no consequence and then build into goal and then just make that uh, end product, as you said, make the end product far more functional and game related. Gotcha. And for goalkeeper coaches as well, um, or sorry, for younger goalkeepers as well, when they get into, you know, certain levels that require more of them, your goalkeeper coaches obviously have to prepare them for that stuff. So I just feel like, you know, a lot of coaches, they... They don't evolve with their goalkeepers. They try and keep it very, very simplified. And then as they get older, it kind of hurts the goalkeeper in the long run because they don't slowly progress them into that next level. And I'm sure, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I'm saying like, you know, as a coach yourself, you're just playing in so many years. It's like, like you said, it's just constantly evolving as a coach. It's new, new parts of the game. You're always trying to learn and bring the best to your goalkeepers, which is why the conference, I feel like, is, is super beneficial for, for coaches to go learn as much as they can, then bring it back to their goalkeepers and everyone benefits. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, and that's, uh, uh, Michael, you touched on goalkeeper trainers versus goalkeeper coaches, you know, and, and that's, that's the thing. We, we can pick people off the street and go and smash balls. You know, uh, if we could pick any coach here at this co convention and say, hey, go smash some balls at the goalkeepers, and they might say, you've got to move your feet quicker or got to get your hands to the ball or whatever it may be. But, but Well, I'll even take it further. I mean, I don't want to interject right here, but the thing is, I, I, you can, they could literally watch your session last night, hand that to them and say, do this, without them understanding. And as long as you give them a step-by-step -step of what to do, they can run that session. Do they know why they're running that session? And can they convey that information to those kids so they understand why they're doing it? That's what makes a coach, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So it's the, it's the why and it's the, you know, the, the five W's, who, what, when, where, and why. So why are you doing it? Who's involved? When does it happen? You know, all, all those things become critically important. And as a goalkeeper coach, as, as you're saying, Omar, you've got to relay that information, at, you know, or layer in even, uh, with the goalkeepers that you work with from a young age so they can understand what, when you do this, why you do it, you know, and, and where on the field. So it's, uh, yeah, taking the goalkeepers to the next level is massively important. It doesn't end with 10 volleys into the hands and you're done. Okay, now, now go play. You've, you've then, as a goalkeeper coach, you've got to get behind the goal and coach them within the goal as well.
one thing that I think is, is really concerning, and I, and I want all the coaches out here to hear and listen to people like Phil, if, if you don't listen to myself or Omar, but how many kids I've gotten who've literally only learned basic footwork and handling because that's all their coach ever worked on with them. Yeah, and, and again, at young ages, that, that's massively important. You've got to have a technical foundation, um, but then we've got to progress them. We have to progress them because the technical foundation, without a technical foundation, you're not even going to get into a good position. So within that technical foundation is the efficiency of movement, it is angle play, it is basic angles. Um, and we must make sure that all our young goalkeepers know the angles, know their basic techniques so that we can advance them. Um, but having said that, we've also got to advance them as soccer players because obviously now the, the modern trend of the game is the goalkeeper with the ball at their feet, the 11th field player. And that's something that uh, my mentor, Peter Mello, has been talking about for, for years and years, is the integration of the goalkeeper into the team and how important it is that we, as goalkeeper coaches, are able to coach the team and work with the back four and integrate the goalkeeper because now distribution and playing and the defensive schemes and everything else becomes so paramount in the success of the goalkeepers, the success of the team. That's the great videos that I've seen on about IGCC that I love the most. Is It's handling to distribution. It's not just handling distribution separate. It's handling to distribution or distribution to handling. Uh, when there's a breakdown, a mistake, and now there's a shot on goal, or you play, or shot on goal, then you play the ball out. But everything is all related to, you know, having the ball and not having the ball, um, which is my favorite part of it. Yeah, and I, I would encourage coaches out there to have a, have a feeling of when you do an exercise, where does that exercise start? What, uh, where does it start from? So where does the exercise start from and why? Right? And what's the end product? So when, when the ball is hit at the goalkeeper, if their end product is, oh, I chuck it in the back of the net and I take the next one, we might have a bit of a problem. So actually having the distribution, the transitional aspect to it, we ask our field players to do that all the time. Win the ball, transition forward. Well, the goalkeeper is, no, is another extension of that. So win the ball, possess the ball, transition forward. And that's why the distribution aspect is important. Yeah. Um, Real quick, Phil, before we move on. Um, oh, hold on. Oh, oh, oh no, Omar's got something to say. I just saw his face. That was my favorite part. I was like, real quick, Phil, before you move on, he's like, no, no. Get it. Hey, you're the one editing this. Here, go. No, no, quick. What I liked about your session a lot yesterday was the progressions. And a lot of you, you, you started with one part of the drill. Then you, I, I, the way I think about it is like activation one, activation two, activation three. Then you go, then you go drill one, drill. That's how yeah. I, in my, one of the series that I'm filming right now for my YouTube channel, that's what I've been doing more of. I talked to one of the keepers and he gave me some feedback and he was like, dude, you're throwing us into these, into these drills without really warming us up. Of course, I got a little upset about it. I'm like, no, no, I know what I'm doing. Then I was like, you know what? No, no, I got to have more activation. Activation, then progressions, progressions, progressions. So when I saw your, your session yesterday, it reaffirmed that in my head. So it really gave me uh, the understanding of like, you got to pr progressively get these guys ready to hit those you know, harder shots and get those, you know, uh, the mechanics and proper mechanics that you're going to implement and introduce in the beginning. And then they're, they're going to reappear later on in the session, which was, which was really good. Yeah, so, you know, if you noticed last night I had two goals. I actually had three cones that marked the six-yard box for both goals. Yeah. Uh, so minimal equipment. There was a, a mannequin in there. Uh, start with the foot skills, a little bit of handling, a little bit of diving, a little bit of shot stopping. And then that you've covered all the bases and you're ready to go. So are you doing technical training? Yes. Is it at an angle? Yes. Is it functional? Yes. So, you know, so yeah, the activation part was all within the same setup and then you make it functional as quickly as possible. When you have, so younger kids who are listening and who want to become successful goalkeepers, what is your best two or three pieces of advice to give them to start working on it now? Number one is never stop learning. 
you're going to have different goalkeeper coaches. Not one is right, not one is wrong. Take a piece from every session, take a piece from every coach, put it together, form your own style. Number two, I'd say focus on basics. Focus on the fundamentals of the game, your bread and butter, the things that, you, that every goalkeeper needs. Uh, and then the other thing that I would say is take care of yourself, take care of your body, make sure you're physically and mentally capable of playing and performing because you never know who's watching. Let's just say you're all the knowledge you have now and you're starting over from square one as your first day of coaching. Any advice for young goalkeeper coaches out there, anybody that uh, is just hopping into the game right now? Yeah, the, the, thing, the thing that we all do as goalkeeper coaches, and, and I, I was partly kidding, but it's serious. Uh, goalkeeper coaches are brutal because everyone can always do your job better. And, and uh, oh, he, he missed this or she didn't pick up on that. So everyone can do your job better. I would say, you know, if I was starting out again, I would want to be more open-minded right from the start and pick everyone's brain. Someone, someone always has some valuable information that you can, you can take and learn from. So uh, I feel like when I was younger, I was very close, uh, well, not very close-minded, I was a little bit more close-minded. Um, so, so really taking every opportunity to learn. I, I love you, everything you just said right there, and it really goes back. I love you too, Michael. It goes back to the maturity standpoint. I think obviously the longer you do something, the more mature you become and the more humbled you become because you see what you're doing is really about them and not about you. And I think as a young coach, I will talk about myself, and I realized when I was a younger coach, if I reflect back, a lot of times sessions when I was young was trying to prove to the DOC how great a goalkeeper coach I was rather than about making that U9, making that U10 the best goalkeeper they can be for that time and for their ability level. And it, sometimes it just takes growing up a little bit, and I think to, to recognize that. So if coaches really hear that to heart, keep learning, stay humble, and, and one day you could run the IGCC. Look, I said it right. <laughs> first time. Yeah, first time. Um, before we, we move on, what are the plans for the IGCC in 2019? I know you guys are going on this year, and it's getting bigger and better than ever. Obviously, you were talking about the Hoffenheim performance. Yeah, um, so, so this year we've moved. We've moved location. We're at the uh, IMG Academy, which is fantastic. Uh, you know, we're, we're really excited to be there. Obviously, they have a brand new hotel, the Legacy Hotel. That's where we're going to be based. Um, the, right now, we've announced four presenters. Um, so we have Rene Stan from Ajax. So he works in the Ajax Academy, which is which is critical. We've got to have people from different levels. So Rene is is a, a well-known coach, and, and we're really excited to have him. Uh, Sparks, he will be back. Uh, he's he's sort of been a mainstay, uh, and the reason why Sparks is back this year is because he's transitioned into a new role. He went from the youth academy at Swansea into the first team at one of the top clubs in Africa. That was. That in itself is a documentary because that was an experience that I, I didn't, I didn't see foresee that coming in any way whatsoever. And I'm sure he's got stories about about that. And and talk about uh, uh, growth as a coach and things like that. So so those those are experiences that he's going to share this year. Um, and then obviously I've talked about Michael Reckner, who uh, you know Michael Reckner uh, came to the IGCC in 2017. Uh, and was a massive, massive success. People loved his stuff. If you follow him and goalkeeping development online, 
Um, his, his work is, is exceptional. And I, I was fortunate enough to spend some time with him in England recently when they were preparing for uh, their Champions League game against Manchester City. Uh, and the interactions that he has with his goalkeepers, I mean, it's such an unbelievable professional. So having him and having him share his vision and everything this year again will be fantastic. And then we've also got Jason Grubb, who's a, a director of goalkeeping for Houston Academy. Well, sorry, for, for the Houston Dynamo. Um, so, so Jason, I, th I think the other thing that we're missing here sometimes is, is what goes on in America. Like the, uh, who, who's working in America? How do we get our goalkeepers to go from the youth teams into these academies and follow the progression into professional path? Uh, and Jason is an exceptional coach. He works with the Houston Dynamo. Um, and so we're excited to have him and we'll be announcing a couple more presenters in, in the very near future um, but again there'll, there'll be presenters who work at different levels of the game different areas of the game and have exceptional expertise and we have younger coaches that, that listen to the podcast so how old do you have to be to go to the IGCC? Over 18. Over 18 so if you're 18 years old freshman in college or senior in high school getting ready to go to freshman year and you're thinking about getting involved in goalkeeper coaching uh, check out the IGCC so anyway Speaking of professional path, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about the MLS Super Draft going on tomorrow. NWSL Draft just happened today. And uh, let's talk about some of these goalkeepers we're seeing. All the news everyone's been talking about for the last couple of weeks has been Canadian International, Youth International, Dane St. Clair at Maryland. You've gotten a chance to see a lot of him. Yeah, I've seen him a few times. Um, obviously a very, very talented goalkeeper. Athletically, he possesses... Um, all the all the natural talent that you need uh, and, and if you look at the the speed of the game and everything else he obviously has the ability to keep up with the speed of the game which is an essential is an essential component when you're moving from college to the professional um, obviously the speed of the game uh, speed of decision making and everything else is something that will have to be developed but you know his skill set is such that I think he can be quite successful yeah. I, I've been hearing anything from you know top five to somewhere in the first round but but it's looking like it's going to be good and looking like because he's a generation adidas he's got a good shot of making a team yeah absolutely uh you know obviously the uh the international spot is something that is in, is interesting but being generation adidas is is a, is a great move for him uh so i think that you know who's who knows where he's going to go in the draft um but he'll definitely be competing for some time i think now omar i know you've seen a little bit of a, of dane st Clair as well too right uh yeah no i I've seen a few of his highlights. He's pretty good. Uh, again, I, I would want those guys who are very athletic to obviously prove to us that technically they're also very sound. And I feel like through some of his uh, highlights, I can see that. Uh, I guess when you go to a big club like or a big school like Maryland, you're not going to get as much action as you would see from like guys at Michigan State and stuff like that. So the highlights aren't haven't really convinced me that he's going to be you know like a Stefan like Zach Stefan type you know jump right in and be a starter. Um, and I've seen some bad habits he has. Uh, some of the highlights he's posted, he doesn't. Sometimes he doesn't take his dive all the way to the ground. He kind of like punches the ball, then lands on his elbow a little bit, kind of like braces his fall. So that's not something I'm worried about. But that's something I have seen in three or four of the saves that he, he posted in his highlight tape. So I'm um, hoping for the best for him, and I'm sure put him in the right system with the right goalkeeper coach. I think he'll be good with the Houston Dynamo, the goalkeeper coach. There. I've watched some of his stuff online. He's he's pretty sharp. I like him a lot. Yeah. So I, I think you just hit the nail on the head. A lot of these. The transition into the professional game, both in the MLS and NWSL, the transition is uh, critical and the goalkeeper coaching component of it becomes even more important. We can't just say, oh, he's a young guy, let him learn. We've got to, sh we've got to take him now and say, let's teach him to be a professional. 
And this is, this is a situation that is unlike anything anywhere in the world, where you come out of college at 21, 22, and someone says, hey, you're a professional, how about that? Right? You haven't earned the right to be a professional. Someone's got to take, and that's, that's something I think that's often forgotten. So why, why don't people succeed in the NWSL or, or in the MLS? Well, it's because sometimes we as coaches don't take them by the hand and say, okay, this is what it means to be a professional. These are the things you need to do. And why is Zach Steffen going to be so successful? Well, because he, he was in college. He went into a professional environment and learned how to be a professional came back to Columbus and was a professional. Yeah, that time at Freiburg really, really changed things for him, didn't it? Yeah, again, because he, he, uh, he didn't necessarily have the success that he thought he was going to have, so it also humbles you uh, and teaches you the ins and outs of being a professional, and it's not an easy path. So, uh, you know, again, just come back to your point, Omar, it'll come down to a lot of hand-holding and teaching the right uh, uh, way, about going, way of going about things. Now, somebody who's actually gone from being at a youth academy at the professional ranks at Hertha Berlin, Ben Lunt from Akron, University of Akron, uh, is now in the MLS Super Draft, obviously a, a, you know, a, a German international, not as an international, as in a national team keeper, but I believe he was in the youth system at some point. Um, what do you think of, of Ben? He's obviously a big framed kid, uh, big specimen, um, can cover a lot of ground. Um, any, any draft pro potential there? Obviously, you know, again, the international spot is something that you've got to look at uh, and unfortunately may, may go against him in, to a certain degree. But for, for someone like Ben, I think uh, he, he possesses obviously the physical attributes again. Um, it'll be adjusting to the speed of play, which uh, his style of goalkeeping again is different. So where uh, does that fit with the style of the head coach? You know, does that fit with the style of the manager and the style of, uh, in which the team plays? And that's something that's got, got to be looked at. But yeah, another one who uh, could, could certainly make an impact in the league. Yeah. No, I, I'm looking forward to, to the Super Draft tomorrow. It looks like, you know, obviously the Super Draft is, is a different animal than it used to be in, in years past. But there's a lot of, especially the internationals, always get a great opportunity with the Super Draft yeah. because they're, they're not, they don't have the homegrown rights from an MLS Academy or anything like that. And nowadays with the USL2 teams, you know, they have these opportunities to go there and play rather than sit as a third or fourth on an MLS roster, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And that's, and that's a balance, again, as a goalkeeper coach, that, that is important. So we, we've got to have these, uh, the, the second-choice goalkeeper or the third-choice goalkeeper make sure that they're able to get game time. And then how do you manage that as a goalkeeper coach? So, so that's how we get better. That's how we learn is by playing games and experience. So before we go, Phil, if anybody wants to go to IGCC, where can they reach out to you? Yeah, if they, if they, they can email me, it's very simple, phil at gk1.com or uh, go to the website, which is uh, internationalgoalkeepercoaches.com. Uh, very simple. There are discounts available. Um, and obviously... There, there are worse things in the world than being in Florida for a few days. Absolutely. And if anybody wants to reach you on social media, where's the best place to do it? Uh, either uh, at Phil Wedden, uh, both that, and that's both Twitter and Instagram, or at INTLGK Coaches. That's the handle. Okay. Okay. And you can reach me at LA Goalkeeping Academy or at Michael Majid. I'm not going to put the comedy stuff on here because, again, that's, that's weird. That's just weird stuff. Uh, Omar, everyone can reach you at, at ProGK Academy underscore on Instagram and ProGK Academy number seven, nine, 13, two, two. 
Uh, that's all the time we got on Inside the 18 today, guys. Thanks again to Phil Wedden. We're out. We'll see you uh, after the draft. Later. Bye.